Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Average Brown Bros podcast. I'm your host, Prashank. And I'm your host, Andreas. And today is March 20th, 2023. It's a brand new Monday. What's up, Andreas? Well, it is spring, Prashank. Spring has sprung among us. True. The first day of spring being March 21st, tomorrow. Amazing. Can't wait for all the flowers to bloom, the trees to finally, you know, have their leaves come back. And honestly, as much as I find them scary, the Canada goose will be back soon enough as well. True that. It's, I'm just so excited. Even like the weather has been in positives, though still very windy, so it makes it cold. But excited. I'm very excited for a warmer weather. Exactly. Yep, absolutely. There's been it's it has been really windy actually, you're right. And there hasn't been much snow recently either. Uh, there's still a lot of snow on the ground, but as far as snow falling, I think there was only a couple of days here and there. But for the most part, it does seem to be spring full steam ahead. We honestly, I love that. It is just incredible. So, Zheng, what did you learn this past week? So this past week, um, what I learned was just small things, but small and a couple things, I guess. Mostly about King Charles, um, as we all know, who took the throne. But pretty, it was pretty cool to learn about him and his, you know, him growing up, um, you know, in the shoes of his former um, mother, the Queen Elizabeth II. So, yeah, a couple things I learned about King Charles uh, is that, one, he can speak Welsh. So, after spending two months learning the language as he prepared to become the Prince of Wales in 1969, um, you know, he learned the language and he still speaks it today, apparently, while visiting and addressing the country. Another really cool thing that I learned about King Charles is that he's a qualified pilot and diver because while he was serving in the military, he trained as a jet and helicopter pilot. And also became an quite the accomplished diver as well. Um, this National Geographic website says he's even explored shipwrecks like the Mary Rose, which is King Henry VIII's flagship. And lastly, that he's a very keen watercolor painter. So, you know, he's a published author, a music lover, and apparently he loves playing the cello as well. But he's also a keen watercolor painter. So, you know, the king... Seems like he can do it all. <laughs> uh, sure. It just the one thing is that he, it's King Charles. <laughs> true, true. Just a little tiny thing is that it's him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, how about you, Andres? What did you learn this past week? What did I learn this past week? That is a good question, Rishen. Something I learned this past week, I remember, was about kind of like how, um how the American banking system works. Um, I know, especially I like, I got a little bit into it because of uh, one of the Silicon, I think the Silicon Valley Bank uh, went kaput. Um, so learn kind of like, listen to a couple of podcasts about that and kind of like why in the states it's such a like a big thing even though i think it's in the top 16 bigger banks in the states um 
so people were uh, but like in a certain way it is like it is seen by others in the international community as a small bank compared to like others so i did a lot of learning in terms of kind of like how the banking system is different in america rather than for example over here in canada or even back home in mexico uh where we have major banks and there's very few smaller banks so i learned that it is like basically it is a big deal because the banking system in the states from what they were saying is comprised of thousands of small banks um uh, compared to over here for example in canada where it is compro like the banking system is made up of like honestly a large like major big banks there's not like thousands of them um so you know we have rbc cibc td uh, BMO, but most of our banks uh, over here are big. There's just very, like a very small amount of small banks. But in the States, there's thousands of those small banks and there's like big four major banks. So in the case of the Silicon Valley one, the fact that it's like important and it is like making this, like it's critical in the States to look at it and to understand what happened is because it is, yes, it is in the top 16 but being like in that, like being one of, in a certain way, is one of the bigger, smaller banks. So that does have a little bit of a, um, an effect on, on the banking system just because of the size, even though it's considered small. Like I said, it's one of the bigger ones of the small ones. So that, that will play into effect. So it was interesting to hear kind of like how I thought, honestly, banking would be the same. The only thing I knew about banking that was different across the world is about, you know, uh, protection laws and everything, but interesting to hear this is banking system is different in other places. And then with banking, uh, just learning that um, that in Europe they're also experiencing some of banking's going kaput. So Credit Suisse, it's another bank that at the, around the same time went kaput, and so yeah, it's. Who knows what's going to happen in the banking system with these banks and central banks and high interest rates happening. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. Yeah, banks, banking and banks, the topic around banks is definitely a big topic for a lot of people, especially, you know, we hear on the news all the time that the Bank of Canada has done this. Um, the five big banks, like you mentioned, in Canada has, has done this. It's, you know, it, it does get very confusing at times. It's so confusing. Like, I still don't understand. Like, and the thing is, like, you know, like, my understanding is, like, my money is going to be there. But the thing is, like, when they go kaput, um, it's like, is people, are people's money going to be there? Exactly, exactly. And at the end of the day, we all have to be able to trust banks to do what they think is right. But, you know, there's still a lot of opinions on banks. And I know I was watching this um youtube like video on how people a lot of people still don't believe in the banking system and they want to hold money in cash or gold bars you know so it is pretty interesting overall yeah honestly i would like to learn more about it absolutely so let's move on to the main topic of our podcast today what are we gonna talk about so today, um, one of the things that happened recently was the Academy Awards. Uh, the 95th one actually happened back in March 12th. So it's been a little bit over a week. You know, we've had 
time to digest it. Um, me, I'm personally, I'm not really big into watching award shows. Um, but I did, you know, <clears throat> like with anything else, like any big events, I do follow along. I do know most of it, but that's what we're going to be talking about today. How about you, Andreas? Do you follow the Academy Awards? Do you follow, or as as we know as them as the Oscars? Um, it's not like I religiously follow them, but I do watch them, like parts of it. There's of course some, um, some awards that uh that are more like grab more the media than others, and I kind of like got a, like in my end, I got a little bit more into it just because with a friend from back in Sask, uh, we will watch, um, uh, we will watch in a certain way some of the movies that were nominated, and then she will talk about them because she's an artist. So, um, but yeah, so kind of like in that, it got me a little bit more into watching some more movies that are more on the film circuit in a certain way that come, like make their way all the way up to the Oscars. Absolutely. So what did you think of this year's Oscars? And how much did you watch? Well, first, firstly, I guess for me on my side, I didn't watch it at all. Um, I did see the award, you know, who won and what happened. But did you watch it at all? How much did you watch it? I watched part of it. I didn't watch all of it just because, you know, school and busy and things to do. Um, but it was just, uh, I watched, of course, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Picture, um and of course the supporting actors and actresses i think those were the ones i mainly watched the other ones i just kind of like heard of them kind of like what it was um and some of the movies i did watch ahead of time some of them i want to watch as like we like throughout the year just to see kind of like what's the deal with them but other than that yeah like i mean there were a couple of like some of the categories were very kind of like expected in a certain way as per usual yeah so what are your overall thoughts on the winners uh overall thoughts i think they were good i mean uh i mean uh everything everywhere all at once a very good movie i i do recommend it's kind of like i mean it might take a little bit to understand or like <laughs> like sometimes there were a couple of things that were a little bit outside of like i was like i don't know what's going on um, but overall, a good movie. Um, and so I thought they were good. I think like some of the awards, of course, they were, um, they were good. Uh, they were deserved. Um, other ones, I don't know. I usually don't understand sometimes how people decide for certain things, you know? Um, and like, you know, there's always a controversy of who is part of the academy and how you get uh indicted into it but i would say overall it seemed fair like i'm it's not like other years that it's like that should have won like it felt like it felt okay yeah exactly i know so for people that didn't watch it like myself just a quick recap um so best picture like you said was all won by everything everywhere all at once best director same Movie Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Best actor, um, Brendan Fraser. He played Charlie in the movie The Whale. We'll talk about that in a bit. Michelle Eo, best actress. Best supporting actor actor was Ki Hyo Kwan. And best supporting actress was Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, those are the big, obviously, some of the bigger ones. 
for nominations, everything everywhere all at once had eleven nominations. All Quiet on the Western Front and the Banshee of In Inishirin had nine. And then for the wins that won multiple um, categories, everything all everywhere all at once won seven out of eleven, which is pretty impressive. All Quiet on the Western Front won four out of nine, and then the Whale won two out of three, which is pretty solid. Um, the reason I want to talk about Bernie Frazier is I know, you know, knowing what he went through and how it's literally a comeback award for him, I think, because, you know, he had been in the industry, but then with everything that he's gone through, I think a lot of people were really happy that he did end up winning um, Best Actor. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, it's just like that comeback that like, you know, from knowing Brandon Fraser from back in the day, you know, his movies, like the quality of an actor he is, and like just basically what the whale is in a certain way as well, kind of like what the movie showcases and everything is just one of like, it's one of those deserving awards that in a certain way, it does serve the purpose of like recognizing the work that Brandon Fraser has done throughout his time in the, uh, his time in, honestly, in, in the industry. Exactly. And not just with him, but even Michelle Yeoh, her winning the best actress. I know a lot of people were pretty happy with that from reading the reviews online and reading, reading on Twitter, Instagram. I think a lot of people were pretty satisfied with how, you know, the, awards went i know a lot of times people are always going to be unhappy with these awards no matter if it's you know for the oscars or the grammys or whatever awards even you know in the sports world where they have awards at the end of each year people are pretty unhappy but for for this one it seems like most people were happy with the wins for the large part yeah that's the thing like it felt like very good it like felt like um there were a couple of ones that like could have gone either way but like the decision was good you know, kind of like with Best Actress, there was like the toss-up. Is it going to go to Michelle Yeoh for her very outstanding role in Everything Everywhere all at once? And like just how good she was at it? Or will it be one of those that maybe will go to Kate Blanchett because of like everything like Kate uh, Blanchett has done uh, for the industry and like her involvement. And, like just kind of like the history and like her the different roles she has played in a certain way. Uh, so that kind of like, that was one of the categories that didn't know how it will sway based on, based on who was nominated. But I, I mean, Michelle Yeoh had like a good performance, like an outstanding performance in Everything Everywhere all at once. So it's well deserved, but it was, there was that like that question in terms of like who would get it uh, in a certain way. Um, and then, from this, from the movies uh, <clears throat> over here, one that I did watch ahead of the, like, I mean, I watched a couple ahead, but the one that when I saw that it was nominated, I was like, huh, I don't understand why. And that's just me probably being ignorant to the world of screenplay and cinematography and what goes into it. It's the movie called Triangle of Sadness. It's such an odd movie, sometimes, like, some some of the things they're just hard to follow. Um, there's like a very a scene that is very graphic. Uh, so the screenplay sometimes is confusing, but it got nominated for some awards, like for best picture or best original screenplay. Uh, so I was just like, and when I saw that being nominated, I was like, I guess I don't understand movies. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that also goes to the larger theme of, I think, especially with COVID, I know a lot of people um, in the, you know, that are avid movie watchers. I think a lot of people wait for movies to come on streaming services before going to the theaters. And I know that sometimes make a, makes a difference because, you know, a lot of movies that I have seen in theaters versus at home, I enjoyed it more at th- theaters just because of this, you know, the quality, the sound quality, picture quality, whatever it is. I'm not saying that's the case for this, but in large part, I think that also could be a factor. And the second thing is just the quality of movies has gone down. I think um, there hasn't been standout movies in the last little bit. There has been, you know, movies that are great, um, decent, some not so amazing, but like, I can't really think of any movies that's really stood out to me in the last couple of years. Can you? Um, yeah, I haven't been lately into a lot of watching movies. There's just been instances here and there. And I think a lot of these movies that have been going into uh, into the awards like circuit are those that are in theaters. And I do believe that theaters are on a decline. Like, like you said, people rather will watch them on streaming side. So that is something that I feel it's um, like people or like sometimes they're not accessible for everyone. And like, yeah, there's an art that goes into it. So it makes it very confusing. Um, but yeah, well, a lot of movies usually, you know, good old friend capitalism. So people want to make their money back because producing a movie ain't cheap. So exactly and like i'm just looking at the last few um oscars you know the winners and stuff the last for me personally speaking the last good ones were in february 9th 2020 but since then i'm just looking at the list of movies that have come out and you know for the most part nothing really sticks out to me maybe because that's when you know covid started um really ramping up and that's when a lot of people stopped watching movies for whatever reasons right we had to deal with so much other stuff going on in our lives but even just look at the list of movies in the 93rd academy awards the 94th academy awards i don't recall a lot of it to be honest yeah i think that's mainly yeah i think covid and i think maybe we'll start seeing a little bit more of move like what we were used to coming back now that a lot of things having coming and things like that but yeah hopefully there's a little bit of turnaround event on that um, so talking about awards that I was like, hmm, don't know. Uh, it's um, usually I agree with whoever wins best animated future film. Uh, usually I would have watched all of them that were nominated. Uh, this year I only watched Pinocchio, like Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, Puss in Boots, which was such a nice movie. And Turning Red, I didn't watch the other ones. Uh, and it went to Pinocchio. Uh, I mean, we all know Guillermo del Toro does great cinematography. He's a great director and everything. But honestly, in my heart, I wanted it to go to Turning Red because Turning Red was such a good movie with such a good message and like the way it was done. And, you know, it's in a certain way, um, it's like a story that it usually it is like it's usually told in a very different way so i really enjoy what turning red and everything kind of like put into like future film so that's like one of the categories that i was just like hmm 
I really wish it would have been like it would have gone to another movie. Yeah, for me, I I, I can't speak because I didn't watch any of the movies. Um, maybe that's what I need to do for the next little bit. But even speaking for myself, you know, the amount of movies I've watched has gone down quite a bit. Um, whether it's just because I don't find anything appealing or it's because even find, trying to find movies to watch that's not in the theaters, you know, since COVID started, a lot, you know, going to streaming services, it seems like there's so many streaming services that I can't keep up with them all and not all of them have the movies that you want to see, right? Yeah. You know, whether it's Netflix or HBO, Hulu in the States, or if you have a VPN, use things around the world. There's so many ways that it, it does get frustrating these days because you want to go watch a movie, it's not available. Then you look for other things to watch and it's not available. It's like, it's just a can mouse game. Yeah, and the thing is, like, some of it's just, uh, just I don't know. Like, like I said, movies are inaccessible because either you see them on streaming sites, which now they're just you just have to pay. It becomes quite a bill for streaming, uh, or you have to go to the movies. And movies are price tickets are not cheap. You know, it's like it's a going out type of event. Exactly. Yep. And going out exactly. That's I think that's definitely one of the biggest factors, to be honest. But yeah, but other cool movies, um, of course, Blank Panther, Wakanda Forever, such a good movie. And they did amazing and they did deserve to win Best Costume Design because you know, since the very first Black Panther, the costumes on that on Black Panther have been incredible top-notch but then in Wakanda Forever you know they do bring some aspects of Mexican culture and they also did a pretty good job at like being at pay, being respectful of what uh first like uh native people from Mexico and kind of like what the costume and kind of like the clothing and everything it was such a good movie so I do agree that they deserve to win um but it's good to like see some of that work being recognized as well. And it's not, uh, not everything has to be about the big, like, yeah, it has to be about the big awards, but there's also other awards that, um, that are good to follow. Um, so in my case, I think moving forward, one of the ones that maybe, because I like docu-series and I know you also like docu-series and documentaries, Rishank. Uh, so there's a category of best documentary feature so maybe moving forward, I'll watch some of them. Those, uh, just because I do watch watching documentaries, they're very uh, you learn a lot through them. So would like to learn more. And this year, the documentary that I want was Navalny, and I'm pretty sure. Are you familiar with Navalny, Prashank? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So it's like kind of like the entire story behind him, and kind of like, and I think it does send a message of kind of like globally right now, uh, but. There's like a couple of interesting ones. So definitely I'll be watching Navalny just to learn more about kind of like what, uh, what's put into that, uh, into that documentary because it did sound like it was very truthful to kind of like this, his story. Um, but yeah, no, a lot of, a lot of movies that are a little bit more on the mainstream side of things, you know, like Top Gun Maverick, um, a little bit. I would I wouldn't say the Fablemans are probably more in the mainstream. Same with Avatar, The Way of Water. 
took forever to produce a sequel of it. Um, but that one also came, uh, was Elvis, I would say also was a little bit more on the, uh, on kind of like what I would consider the mainstream side of things. Um, just because they're, they have a bigger, a bigger audience to reach, uh, kind of like everything everywhere all at once. It's kind of like also that had like a wide reach based on the actors and actresses that were part of it, but it was not like as far reach as Top Gun that everyone will watch it because everything everywhere all at once. I would say it's a little bit more, a little bit more niche. It's not for everyone. Um, but yeah, no, it was interesting to like, it's like interesting now to see that some of kind of like the combination and the academy recognizing that some of the movies that are meant for more mainstream audiences are able to, they also deserve to be awarded or nominated for them uh, just because something is made to appeal to a bigger audience doesn't mean that there's no cinematography involved in it. Absolutely. Uh, exactly. So who knows what's going to come next year? Uh, because, you know, usually a lot of these movies, when they get nominated or like that directors, producers or some that are looking to get nominated, usually a lot of these movies will come towards the end of the year. So and that's just because of the award cycle, because in in the same mind, psychology is like the closer you release date is to award season and nominations and everything, uh, the more the people that are deciding on who wins will have a fresher mind of some of this. So that's why sometimes you see that towards the end, like more towards the autumn, winter, you see a lot more movies coming out compared to the spring and summer when there's not that many coming out. And it's, uh, it is sometimes due to the award cycle that they want to be more on the forefront and the more recent side of things so people will remember them. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I think it has slowly been picking up the movie industry with COVID, you know, almost over. It's not completely over. It's never going to end, um, no matter how much we want to say it's ended. <laughs> but the other issue I also have is, I guess, with Marvel movies, because, you know, I think after Endgame, uh, Marvel movies have been disappointing. I know... For the casual watcher, anyway, it's been disappointing. For people that are hardcore Marvel fans, I'm sure they're still enjoying it. For me, you know, I like Marvel movies is one of the main reasons I go to theaters. But recently, after Endgame, I haven't gone to theaters for much of the Marvel movies, except for the new Spider-Man and the new Doctor Strange. But hopefully, you know, Marvel gets back on track. I know I heard pretty disappointing things from Ant-Man. The latest Thor movie was uh, not a fan. Wakanda Forever, I haven't seen it yet, so still need to look, watch it and give reviews. But hopefully, you know, Marvel movies, you know, I think the big, big thing with Marvel movies, it is getting mm, not boring, but it's getting repetitive almost, right? Yeah, it's just, it's the same plot. No, I wouldn't say the same plot, but it's the same way that they go about it. You know, it's the same, like... This is how we introduce it. Here is a conflict. And then at the end, there is a cliffhanger or like the connection to a different Marvel, uh, to a different Marvel story and things like that. So no, definitely like there's a pattern that they use. And I think most people have gotten like are able to 
be like, yes, you're following the same structure all the time. Um, but that's kind of like what some of these movies is like they define what the typical plot line should look like, what the like how cinema should be done. Like, Prashant, I don't know if it brings up to you to mind, like the Daniels, like the directors of everything, everything all at once. Do you recognize both the Daniels, like Daniel Kwan and Daniel Snyder? No, I don't. Okay, so this is about kind of like the way they went about the movie and it explains a little bit why the movie is like this. So the Daniels, they actually, they are the directors of a very famous music video. Do you want to take a guess? Music video? Yes. Mm, I have no idea. Okay, so the Daniels are actually the ones who... uh, uh, in the music video, turned down for what? Oh wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> so kind of like when you put that into perspective, you kind of have an idea of like, okay, makes a little bit of sense. Why everything, everything all at once makes a little bit more sense, and like some of the particular, like some of the unique things about the movie, because you know, like turned down for what is like, in a certain way, it's not like a multiverse which is kind of like what is the movies like based also like has an essence of it but it's like different things happening in different rooms at the same time right mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and it's very dynamic and it's just like it's in a certain way very odd of a video and like the movie also has a little bit of those things so yeah so they they are the directors of turn down for what that is very interesting actually yeah, so kind of like shows kind of like also the range of like who can be a direct a winner, a director, you know, like we've used to like big names like Steven Spielberg, Spielberg being the best director and kind of like what that will look like, Jeremy Del Toro, which are like cinematographers. But for example, the Daniels, they come like they do film, but they started uh, a little bit more on like the music type of vibe. And now they're there. So. And they have a very unique style, which is incredible. Absolutely. That, that's actually pretty interesting. And, you know, that's another thing I learned this week. <laughs> there you go. You will always be learning something. But overall, like I said at the very beginning, it was a good uh, award season. Uh, I don't think there's that many controversies as other years about um, about who the awards go to. You know, one of the big controversies I remember is when uh, Leonardo DiCaprio finally won, but then people were like, mm, he probably deserved it in previous years, but not this year. Uh, there was not really a moment like that uh, this year. Everything seemed a little bit like on the fairer side of things. Um, so now, probably once I'm done my master's, maybe I'll catch up with some of these movies. Absolutely. Lots to watch and lots to look out for. Yeah, and we'll see what is coming out for the next season of movies. Yep, we'll be keenly watching. Hopefully, there's an amazing movie coming out in the next year. I hope so. One that will keep us all like in shock. <laughs> all right, Rishang. So, let's wrap up this episode. So, what are you looking forward for this upcoming week? Um, this week, biggest thing I'm looking forward to is the first day of spring, March 21st. 
Um, as we know, like we mentioned it at the beginning of this episode, spring is here and is here to stay, hopefully. Um, this winter wasn't too bad. You know, it wasn't too cold, but it was a lot of a lot of snow. So I expect there to be a lot of um, water in and around the streets of Ottawa. Hopefully, you know, the <laughs> city is prepared for it because there's <laughs> going to be a lot of um, spring melt. But honestly, I think that's for the ground. It's not too bad because then it'll make the grasses greener and the trees look nicer. Yeah, cannot wait for like the trees starting to grow their little leaves back up. Absolutely. So Andreas, what are you looking forward to for the upcoming week? So I'm also looking forward to the nice weather, trying to spend a little bit more time outside. And just like this week seems to be kind of like one of the few weeks, like a week in which I can actually like not completely relax because there's always things to do. But I get take a little bit more of a step back, chill for a little bit, gain some energy and then come back uh, in full force to end. So I'm excited just to kind of like enjoy a little bit of that peacefulness before before the last storm. But other than that, that's uh yeah, those are the, the main things I'm looking I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. You know, you're you have a officially a month and a half left, but obviously less than that for your master's program. You'll have to update us on how the last month and a half month goes for you. Will do for sure. You'll hear it every week. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Brishang, where can our listeners reach out to us? So, like always, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, or private yourself, you can always reach out to us at the Two Average Brown Bows podcast on Instagram, Twitter. Hit us up. Talk to us about anything, really, whether you're a big fan of the Oscars or you, you really don't care about what you know famous Hollywood person wins the next award. Talk to us. Let us know how you feel. Exactly. We're always here to listen to you. Um, and if you want to be part of the podcast in one of the episodes of the guest in here, let us know. We're more than welcome to have you over. Um, but other than that, thanks for tuning in again to another episode. And we'll catch up next week with a brand new episode of the Two Hours Rambles Podcast. Bye. See ya.